Good to look around and see the people of God. What a beautiful day it is. What an awesome thing it is to be in the house of the Lord on this wonderful Sunday morning. What a, what a beautiful place to be. How many know, I, I say this every Sunday, how many know how incredible it is to know God? How many know it's incredible to know God? The Bible calls it eternal life. That today we have eternal life. Why? Because we know the Father. And we're getting to know Him more intimately. And what a beautiful thing it is to look around and see people here uh, lined up, prepared. I see you got, you know, yourselves in a situation, a place where uh, you could sit in a padded pew. You got your Bible. We're going to hear what God has to say. Can somebody say amen to that? We're going to hear what God has to say. Can I encourage you today that as we get in uh, to the word of the Lord, that you just open up your heart and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. I, I want to walk out of here with something. I don't want to leave here empty-handed. I want to walk out of here in the fullness of God, right? We are starting a brand new series, and this series is designed to show you just how distracted we might be in the world. And so I'm going to go through a lot of distractions, and I'm hoping that uh, we can put Jesus back as, a, as we rightly should have him as the center of attention. How many of you know Jesus has to be the main attraction? Right. And so we're going to put Jesus back as the center of attention. And so we're going to be working on that over the next several weeks. I'm going to go through a lot of things. I pray that uh, you'll allow the Spirit of the Lord to step on your toes a little bit. Because sometimes you need your toes stepped on. Somebody say hallelujah, right? And we could start to observe and see what the enemy's doing. And how many know that the devil is very subtle, very crafty, and he knows how to distract you from the things of God and the purposes of the Lord? So we're going to get into some conversations today that I know are going to bless your life. So I'm going to have you to stand. We're going to get into the word of the Lord. We're going to be in the book of Mark. And of course, some of you are probably very familiar uh, St. Matthew 14. I'm going to actually read the rendition that Mark gives us out of St. Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to share with you the parable of the sower because Jesus gives us the three descript uh, thoughts or methods by which the enemy can distract you. And so this is a very important message because I believe uh, that there, th th this in this series called Pastor's Peeves, I believe that, that these are the things, if you were to ask me, uh, Pastor, what's happening in the church, I would probably say the church right now is distracted, that Jesus is not uh, the cornerstone. Uh, I believe the church is distracted, and you might be distracted too. And so I pray that as I get into these conversations that uh, you'll hear this, uh, this of course, I'm not putting uh, any of the messages in any kind of hierarchy of any kind, but I am declaring that, that I believe there is a lot of distraction in our lives that are keeping us from knowing the Lord as we should. So if you're in St. Mark chapter 4, slide your finger down to verse 10. I'm going to read this all the way through verse 20. You'll recognize this right away, and there are some uh, thoughts and thing, uh, thinkings in here that are going to be paramount in you walking out of here possessing the knowledge of the purpose of God in your life. So here's St. Mark chapter 4 verse 10 and it begins like this. Here we go. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him the parable. And he said unto them, now Jesus is going to describe the parable of the sower. Some of you are familiar with this. If you're not, you can read the whole of the chapter in St. Mark 4. But then Jesus gives 
a very apt description of what he gave them. He said this, and he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they might, they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Now notice verse 13. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? The sower soweth the word. Here we go. The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Hmm, interesting. So there's the wayside. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Mm. So we've got the wayside and stony ground. And these are they which are sown among thorns. Y'all catching that? And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. Now watch this description. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful interesting we've got the wayside we've got stony ground now we've got thorny ground verse 20 and these are they which are sown on good ground such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. So we're going to look at that for a minute. We're going to get down with some, with the get down as we say at Harvest Point Church. Are y'all ready? We're going to get to some stuff and it's going to bless your life. Will y'all pray with me? Let's pray together. Father, Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we might come to know you better. That we might know the full truth, nothing but the truth. <laughs> As they say, Father, so help us, God. Holy Spirit, reveal your divine nature. Reveal the nature of Christ. Uh, bring to us an understanding uh, 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 that through this parable, we might gain insight into the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. That we might not be taken unawares, that the enemy not... Apply his subtleness into our lives that we might lose our concentration in Christ. So I pray you help us, Holy Spirit. Keep us, uh, develop us today. Move us, mold us, shape us into that distinct image we call Jesus. That we might be shaped distinctly in the word of the Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit. We need your help. Keep us as only you can keep us, Holy Spirit. Stir us as only you can stir us, Holy Spirit. Help these words fall, the word of God fall 
on good ground, a good heart, that the things that we might hear today will yield 30, 60, and some 100-fold. We pray that that purpose, that sort of reward in the house of the Lord, and we pray that in another name we can pray, but that beautiful name, Jesus, and we pray that in his mighty name. Amen and amen. Will you go find somebody, and I want you to tell them, find five people today, and I want you to tell them Jesus is the main attraction. Go find somebody and say, Jesus is the main attraction. Go find somebody and just give them a hug and say, Jesus is the main attraction. 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 Jesus is Jesus is the main attraction. Jesus is the main attraction. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be with the family of faith and the people of God. Let me see how I'm going to slice this pie. There's a lot to talk about. Let's. Uh, let's start here. Let, 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 let me start with a statement, a statement, a, a, a statement that if you have any acuity in the word of the Lord or in the things of God, you'll remember this statement. I, I, I'm going to say it like this. I cannot afford to be impressed with the devil. I, I'm, I'm going to say it again. My, in my spiritual life, I cannot afford to be impressed by what the devil does. Uh, because if I become impressed by what the devil does, I'm going to live my life out of reaction. Not out of action, but reaction. And let, me, let me state it again because I think it just went over your head. I cannot afford to be impressed by what the devil does. Because if I'm impressed by what he does, then my life is going to be a life filled with reaction. Now, if you were smart, if you had any acuity in the word of the Lord, you'd write that down. That'd be the first thing you'd wake up every morning. I cannot be impressed by what the devil does. Because if I'm impressed by it, I'm going to live my life out of reaction to what he's doing. Because I'm here to tell you the devil is distracting you. Uh, his, his mode of operation in the world is simply distraction. And there are a lot of distractions in your life. And, and if your distraction becomes the main attraction, you're not following Jesus. Let me say that again. Because Jesus demands to be the center of attention. We call it the preeminence of God. Jesus is preeminent. He has to be the center of your attention. And anything other than that is a distraction. Let me say that one more time. 
You've got to keep your focus on Jesus. Anything else is a distraction. And it's not worth your visualization. It's not worth your attention. Jesus has to be the center of attention. Now you think about your life. Has this last week or months or, or, or year been filled of distraction or full of the center of our attention, which is Christ? Now, now I'm, I'm going to prove it to you through the word of the Lord. I'm, I'm going to uh, take you to a story, right? Uh, the, the Bible records, St. Matthew chapter 8, this is, this is Luke 8, this is Mark 4, where the Bible uh, talks about Jesus telling the disciples, let's go over to the other side. Uh, this is the time where Jesus had a mission to go over uh, to free a man, in the, where the Bible says, in Gethsemane, who had a devil called Legion. Did you hear what I just said? There's a man in Gethsemane who has a devil called Legion. And Jesus said, I'm going to go pay him a visit. This man was in such dire strait demonically that the Bible says that, that, that he, 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 he lived amongst the tombs, right? He, was, he lived in a graveyard. Uh, he terrified the people there in so much that the Bible says when they even tried to tie him up, they put him in fetters, he would simply break the chains under demonic power. Jesus said, I'm going to go pay him a visit. He tells the disciples, let's, let's go over to the other side, over the Sea of Tiberias to Gethsemane. The Bible says that when Jesus entered that boat, Jesus was teaching. He entered into that boat, and, and Jesus was fatigued from ministering, so he decided to take a little nap. He went to sleep. Some of y'all know this story. The Bible says Jesus got a pillow and went fast asleep. While the boat was sailing, the Bible says that immediately a squall, a tempest, a storm came upon that boat. The storm was so pervasive, the Bible says that the wind that splashed against the boat, the, the waves that assailed it began to fill the boat up with water and it began to sink. Jesus still asleep. He's on a pillow. The Bible says that the disciples, so terrified of the storm, went down into that boat. You know what they asked Jesus? Carest not that we perish. I'm going to talk about those kind of people because there's a lot of people in the church that have more questions about God than they do faith. The Bible says that Jesus got up, went to the bow of the boat. You know these stories. What did Jesus say? Peace, be still. And immediately, the Bible says, immediately the storm ceased. Uh, the clouds dissipated. Uh, the, the waves steadied themselves in equilibrium. And the Bible says, listen, and there was a great calm. You, you know, in, in my spiritual mind, I see the disciples, you know. I mean, the, the, you know, the boat steadies out. I see them dripping with water. I see their hair matted as water's dripping into their face. And the Bible says they're looking intently at Jesus. You know what Jesus says? Why are you so fearful? How is it, listen, how is it that 
you have no faith. And the Bible says, and they, then they feared exceedingly, saying within themselves, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea doth obey him? How is it that you can be in the boat with Jesus who gave a command, we're going over there, and now as we go, a storm comes, could I say to you, a distraction? Something that got your attention off of me. You know, I'm in the boat too. I mean, if it goes down, I go down with you. It's amazing to be talking to people in this generation where we have to remind you, know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That, that, that God is with you. He dwells with you. He's inside of you. Right? It's the same principle, right? How is it that you have no faith? The storm has your attention. Could, could, could I suggest... Uh, there's people in here that might say, well, you know, Jesus is the center of attention in my life. Well, not so much if you're distracted. I hesitate to even go this far as to say that, that, that if your attention is on the distraction, you're a devil worshiper. I, I, I venture not into that territory. I don't want anybody to doubt their own salvation. I'm just helping you to see how is it that you have no faith? How did the storm become the center of your attention when I'm in the boat with you? I don't know. Maybe you're like me. Sometimes when trouble comes, you get your mind off of God and you get your mind on the trouble. Something comes up and, 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 and something out of the blue, as we like to say, some situation, some trial, some stress, something, and now we're focused on the trouble and we're not focusing on Jesus. Uh, so, 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 so Jesus says, I'll try this another way. I'll try this another way. Uh, go with me a little deeper into the scriptures. Uh, St. Matthew chapter 8, Jesus falls asleep in the boat. Uh, St. Matthew chapter 14, Jesus, I'm going to try it another way. Jesus feeds the 5,000. We know it's more than five. It's probably closer to 20 if you had wives and, and, and children. He fed 20,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. He's even testing Philip, saying, Philip, how, how can we feed all these? What, what should we do? He said, Lord, even if we had 200 penny worth, we, we, we couldn't even buy enough bread that one would even get just a morsel, even a crumb of bread. It wouldn't be enough, even if you had half a year's wages. And Jesus said, well, what do we have? That's some little, some little boy's mama packed him lunch to come hear you speak. You got two sardines and five biscuits. He said, well, bring it. Let's bless it. You, you, you know what happened. He blesses it. And, and then they divide it. And, and he said, but be careful. Pick up all the scraps. I want to show you j just how big my leftovers are. Touch your name and say, Jesus got leftovers, baby. Not only can you eat, but you got leftovers. Twelve basketfuls. Just to show you the sufficiency of God. 
Imagine that for a moment, just, just to show you the utter sufficiency of God. Now watch this. Then, then Jesus says, I'm, I'm going to test them again. See if they've learned from the last, you know, see, see if they garnered any faith since the last time. And then Jesus says, listen, I, I want you to go to the other side. Same lake, same sea, pardon me, Sea of Tiberias, Sea of Galilee, as they say. And I want you to go to Gethsemane. You, you, you go, I'm going to stay, I'm going to dismiss the people. Uh, and the Bible says that they got in the boat, other ships went with them, and they began to sail. Jesus went onto the mountain to pray, and as he's praying, in the fourth watch, Jesus sees that they're in a storm. How many know that wherever the word of God is, the adversary is creating the distraction? Let me say that again. You know, wherever the word of God is, there's a distraction. Let me say it again to you. Wherever there's a promise, there's a distraction. Let me, let me say it to you again. There are over 7,000 promises in the word of God. And every place you see a promise, there's a distraction to go with it. The enemy is constantly distracting us from the promises of God, from his word. He, he's trying to get you concentrated on something when you should be concentrating over here. It's like a church with spiritual ADD. We got attention deficiency disorders. You, you need the medication of the Holy Ghost in your life to get your, get your mind back. To get your mind back. Ain't that right, Sister Sean? We should be thinking on these things. We're just distracted. The church is distracted. This is a pastor's peeve. Our church, Harvest Point, is just distracted. Man, if we ever got our attention on the things of God, we'd see the things of God unfold themselves right here. We'd see the blessings, the promises, the goodness of God if we, were, if we just left alive undistracted. And who's distracting you? The enemy's distracting you. Jesus sends them, says, go to the other side. Same problem, same situation. Go to the side. As soon as they go, guess what? Storm comes. So Jesus, I'm going to approach this a little different. Last time I was asleep, I was showing them that you can be asleep in the storm, be at perfect peace. I just said that for somebody. You can be in the biggest storm of your life and be in perfect peace as you sleep. Ain't that right, Brother Raul? You could be, you could sleep, put your head down, be at peace. Jesus, let me, let me try this a little different. I'm going to walk over to him. See if I can get their attention. So the Bible says that Jesus began to walk to the boat that was being assailed by the storm. Jesus just walked over. On water. The Bible says that when they saw him from afar, they thought it was a ghost. So they were terrified. And then, and then Jesus, you know how Jesus does it? Be of good cheer. It's me. I mean, I'd be, I'd be tripping if I saw somebody walk. I mean, I'd be tripping too until, until, until I knew it was Jesus. And then Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. Listen to Jesus. He gives a word, simple, one word. Come. You think that'd be enough, right? Peter gets off the boat and walks on water. But there's always a distraction to the word of God. The Bible says that when he saw the wind boisterous, 
He became fearful. And he began to sink. We got a lot of people right now in the church sinking on one word. It can't get any more plain. Come. People in the church, Pastor, the word of God, I just can't get it so complicated. How about just come over? How about just draw close? I mean, I mean, there's some things so simple. And here it is. He's got one word, a one-word command. Simply come. And when he was walking, the Bible says that Jesus lost, watch this, the center of attention. And now the attention of Peter was not on Jesus, but now it was on the wind boisterous. He saw the waves, and he began to sink. And then Jesus comes over as he's sinking. He says, he says Lord... Save me. Jesus walks over. Gets him by the hand. And you know what he tells him? Oh, ye of little faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? Lifts him right back to his feet. The Bible says they walk over to the boat. Immediately when they got in the boat, guess what? The wind stopped. It's just a test. Have you ever stopped and asked the question that I believe we need to start asking of ourselves? Why are we doubting? I, I want you to see that this is Peter. He's walking on water. He's walking on faith. So this time Jesus didn't say, you have no faith. He says, oh, ye of little faith. I mean, what's causing you to doubt? I mean, what's the hang-up? Look at your name and say, baby, what's your problem? Because it's the problem that's creating the distraction to seeing the favor of God. Just helping somebody this morning. You got, you got to hear me when I tell you these are the pastor's people. How is it that you have no faith? Wherefore didst thou doubt, O ye of little faith? Why do you doubt? Huh. You want to go a little deeper? Jesus gives us this parable because he says, I want you to know the mysteries. I I want you to know what's happening in the spiritual realm. I I want you to see that it's me who sows seeds. I'm the farmer. I'm the sower of the word. It's me who's doing the planting. See, I like that. I I don't have to worry about the veracity of the seed that he's planting. I know my master plants good seed. I I, I know he plants good seeds. He plants really good seed. 
In fact, James says that this seed, he, he, he talks about filthiness. He talks about superfluidity of naughtiness. He says, but receive with meekness the engrafted word that it may save your soul. Well, what is it talking about, the engrafted word? Let, let me tell you how sure the word of God is. The word of God is God. <laughs> Y'all hear what I just said? The, the, the word of God is God. <laughs> I wish I had somebody on that one. You see, you see the word is, well, what's the word? The, the word is God. Word is God. Ah, uh, let me get, people are looking at me like, what are you talking about, preacher? In the beginning was the word. And the word was God, and the word was with God. Uh, you want me to go a little deeper? I go a little deeper. Uh, 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 Isaiah 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above yours. And then we hear this. And as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth the blood that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. What does the Father say? So shall my word be. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereto I sent it, right? He's just simply sowing good seed in your life. Let, let, let me show you how, how great this sower is. Do you know that the Bible says, Jesus says, I want to show you mysteries. That in the spiritual realm, Jesus, even today, is sowing seeds on hard ground. Oh, y'all didn't get that. What grace that is, that God is out there by the wayside sowing his word. Uh, we, we, we know the ground is a condition of the heart. They have a, it's hard ground, in other words, a hard heart. How, how many know that the world is hard towards God? Uh, anybody ever heard when, when God was delivering the nation of Israel out of the superpower Egypt that the Bible says that God, listen, hardened Pharaoh's heart. It isn't that God hardened it in the sense that you think he hardened it. Uh, Pharaoh just got hard towards God's benevolence, towards his greatness, its pride caused him to become hard towards God. You know, there's some people... That, that if I mention your name, they get that funny look on their face. Look at your neighbor and say, not everybody likes you. Look at your neighbor behind you. You got an enemy, baby, somewhere, somehow, someplace. You're not all that in a bag of chips. Uh, there, there are some people whose heart is hardened towards you, and you've been nothing but kind and benevolent. You, you've been nothing but gracious. You, 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 you've been nothing but you, and they're still hard against you. You know, you know God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He, he, he became hard within himself for a variety of reasons, but, God, but I want you to hear that Jesus is, is scattering seed 
on the wayside. The wayside is the reference to, uh, in, in Israel, there was always a, a place where people would, would scurry around the fields where harvest was, and, and, and those places became trodden by foot. And so you can imagine that as the seed went forward, he gave the parallel that, that a bird comes, right? He was speaking of the enemy. He just simply comes, and he gobbles up uh, that seed because their heart is hardened towards God. But even now, Jesus is sowing seeds in the world. How many are thankful that he's still sowing seed out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to come to God and say, you never told me. Oh, had you, had you shared your word with me, I might have been different. No, I sowed seed. But your heart was hard. Jesus says, I'm even sowing seeds to people who have more questions than they do faith. You have heard me tell you, don't ever let your experience define God. Let God define your experience. And if there's an area you like, because I'm talking about stony ground. I'm talking about ground that has stones in it. There are places where you're hard and indifferent. Even when you hear the word, you become hard and indifferent to God because you have an experience that you went through. And if God was really God, why would I be going through this? You ever hear people say that? If God was who he says he is, how come I went through that? How come I lost a dear one? How come I had this illness? How come I went through this divorce? How come I went through these things if God is who God says he is? You see, you are the stony ground that I'm talking about. You define God by your experiences. And God says, my word defines me. I've revealed myself through my word that you might know me right well. And if you've got an area in your life that you're not seeing the things of God or the purposes of God defined in it, it is your unbelief, not God. And I'm pastor enough to tell you that your issue is unbelief. Because my God's faithful. I'm going to say it like the Bible says, let every man be a liar. My God's faithful. What, what, what you've gone through that now you're shaking your fist to God? That you're running down into the boat. You don't care that I die. You see, he sows his seed there too. But I didn't come to talk about the wayside or the stony ground. I came to talk about what's happening in here. I'll start with the first one. Let's see if Jesus is really your attention. Jesus says that, that, that there's another place that I'm sowing. The problem with this place is there's too many thorns in it. It, it, it. It's ground, but the ground has produced thistles and thorns. It's thicket. Anybody ever try to get through thicket? Man, you need a machete to get through there. And you know, to be honest with you, there's sometimes when I'm preaching here, I feel like I got to hack through, through, through the thicket. It shouldn't be so tough. There ought to be some hallelujahs and amens and preach on, pastor, and speak the word. There ought to be some enthusiasm. I don't feel like I got to come in there and fight to get through. It should be easy. It should be like spreading butter on breakfast toast, baby bubba. 
Here we go. You, you see, there's just thorns there. Jesus says these thorns are these. There's three thorns in the field. Uh, one of the thorns is the cares of the world. I, I, I don't know if you have some time. This week, go study what, the, what it means. What does care mean? Uh, go study the Greek. It is simply a choice. Uh, the, the, the cares are a representation of all of your options. Uh, don't, don't give me that blank stare. Don't look at me and say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about all the choices in your life that choose and give to you the availability to have something other than the Word of God. You know, like your health insurance. You got a great PPO, you've got a great physician, you, 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 you've got a great, uh, you, 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 what, what do you call you, 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 the thing you have to pay before you get it, wait, wait, wait. When Jesus paid the price in full. I, I, I say this because we have options. I'll give it to you like this. Jesus comes to a family that the Bible says he loves. Uh, you know the family, uh, Mary, uh, Martha, and Lazarus. He's coming to eat. The, the, the Bible says when Jesus got there, you see Mary was encumbered by many things. She was distracted with pots and pans and Food and dishes and forks and knives and napkins and cups and tables and settings and the cleanliness of the house. And Jesus is there. What is he doing? He's teaching. Uh, so, so, so the Bible says uh, that, that, that while Martha is encumbered by many things, Martha sat at his feet. The Bible says to hear his word. She got so agitated that, that, that Martha's just over there wasting time. When, when, when there's a lot of work to do here at the house, she's over there listening to Jesus. Come on now. And so she went over to Jesus. Let's, let, let me tell you how these options cause you to blaspheme the name of God. She went over and told Jesus, Jesus, will you tell that woman right there to come and help me over here? Jesus, Mary, Martha, Martha. You're troubled by many things, but only one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen the best part, the good part, and it won't be taken from her. All the choices, you know, we get up in the day, we got all these choices, all the things we can do except keep Jesus the center of attention. You know, that's why Jesus says to the world, I didn't come to bring peace. Not that I've come to bring peace. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I, I, I've come to set a, a, a son at variance with his own father and a daughter against her mother, a daughter against her mother-in-law. I, 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 I've come into your life where you've got to make me a priority. Because if you love your father more than you love me, you're not worthy of me. If you love your mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you love your children more than you love me, you're not worthy of me. 
but you got all these choices. We get so busy and so fatigued and so tired, we lay our head fast asleep, and we had no consideration that Jesus wanted to talk with us. Oh, I ain't got time to be reading no Bible. I've got to study my math book, my history book. I've got an exam here. I've got to do that over there. I've got to balance my checkbook. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. We've got all these choices. You've got so many options, and Jesus is no longer the center of attention. You're just simply a life that's distracted. You know, like I said, the enemy just distracts you. Nothing immoral. Nothing wrong with doing the dishes. Nothing wrong with putting them up. Nothing wrong with doing the laundry. Nothing wrong with folding your underwear. Touch your neighbor and say, it's good to fold your underwear now. I don't know how you're doing it. First lady folds my underwear. She doesn't just dump all the clothes into a drawer. I mean, when I fold it. Somebody say it's folded. But if everything's folded and put away nice, but we haven't secured a time for God, we are distracted. And, and brother and sister, if you're here and you, you hear me saying this, if you don't have no time for God in your day, you are distracted. Jesus is not the center of attention. And you could say you love God. You could say you love him. You could say all sorts of things. But if he doesn't have priority, you're distracted. He wants to be the center of attention. He demands it, and rightfully so. Not one wife in here who doesn't want to be the center of her husband's attraction. Attraction. Come on now. Jesus is saying, I'm telling you the mysteries that I have to be the center. Then he says this, there's another thorn in the field. He calls it this, the deceitfulness of riches. He didn't say money. He said the deceitfulness of riches. And how many know that riches are deceitful? Now, 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 I don't know how much you have in the bank. Touch your name and say, I don't know how much you got in the bank. But don't let whatever's in the bank cause you to start trusting the bank and not God. Whatever the total is. You know, there's some people here that are so broke, they can't pay attention. You ever met people like that? You used to say, I'm so broke, I can't pay attention. I would ask you to raise your hand if that's you, but we ain't going to identify you. Amen. Just if it's you, it's you. Just showing you the poor can lose focus just as the rich can lose focus. What's the issue? Money, riches, maybe a position, maybe a thing that's causing you to put more trust in the thing than into God. Like you say, if I had that car, man, I'd, 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 I'd be there. I'd be making it, man. If I drove that car, if I lived in that house, if I lived over there, if I had this kind of money, man, if I had that, then, man, I'd, I'd be set, man. I'd, I'd have it made in the shade, man. I'd find it be me. You know, the deceitfulness of riches. 
anything that causes you to lose trust in God has deceived you. That's a real good word. A new job ain't going to make it right. No, let me get more personal. A new husband ain't going to make it right. A new wife ain't going to make it better. Because, see, now you're trusting in a person rather than trusting in God. You, you, you don't need another supervisor. You don't need another manager. You don't need anything but the center of your attention. All you need, baby, is Jesus. All you need is to focus on Jesus, to keep your eyes and your attention towards God. Do not be distracted by the deceitfulness of riches. Be anything could be you know could be a position, uh, some some acclaim to fame, something that causes you to get your eyes off of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, the devil is a master at distraction. Man, he's robbed us all week long. We didn't even know it was him. That's why Jesus, I'm teaching you the mysteries. And then he says, in the lust of other things, the third thorn in the ground. You know, just the lust of other things. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a verse to you. If you don't like it, get over it. You ought to like it, but sometimes people don't like what they hear. Even if you're telling them the truth. Go tell you as a scripture, have I therefore become thine enemy because I tell you the truth? You ought to be glad that somebody will come and tell you how it is. I don't, you don't have to fluff around. You don't have to put no roses on it. Just tell me. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't need no conk candy, baby. Let me, let me give you the verse. Just say, times... Going by really fast. Let, let me give it to you. This Proverbs 10, 22. You probably already know it. The blessings of the Lord. It maketh one rich. And he addeth no sorrow to it. Let, 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 me, let me say that one more time for somebody. I'm going to say it one more time because I, if you're here and you're burdened, that didn't come from God. You, 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 you know, because the devil wants you to have things out of season, out of time. Because you know what? He wants you to be encumbered. He wants you to be weighed down. He wants you to go to work because you owe money. He wants you to do all of these things. He wants you to take you through all these stress tests. The Christians now are getting EKGs. Look at your number. You don't need no EKG. What you need is the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah, I, I want you to hear it. That the enemy is trying to put more on you than you can bear. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich, and he added no sorrow to it. Huh? What, 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 what are you trying to manipulate right now? What, what thing has become your concentration? You're trying to get a new promotion? So you do nothing but brown nose to get it? Isn't it nice that you know that where promotion comes from? The promotion is from the Lord. 
promotion comes from God, man. If you do him right, you get that promotion. And you get to keep your integrity. What thing you trying to push? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push this door open. What door are you pushing open? It's God who opens the door. Baby, all you got to do is walk on through. What, what, what thing, what's causing you agitation? What's the thing that's really causing you to lose your mind? Man, I'm losing my mind. If you're here today and you say, man, I'm losing my last mind, you're distracted. You're distracted. You're out the game. You're not even walking in faith. You're not even walking in the word. You're giving the devil worship, not God. He just wants you to focus on the distractions. Just things that you're not letting the will of God show you just how good his will truly is. Wouldn't it be nice if you got promoted because God promoted you? You walk into work and they say, hey, listen, we got some news for you. We, we, we see how you've been representing. And you know your whole life you're just trying to represent God at your place of work. The reason why you do so good is because you say God's in me, it produces good, right? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for Jesus because I live for Jesus. I'll let that be whatever it is. Whatever it costs me, I'll let it cost me. Right? Just going to let the will of God happen. Some of you are trying to push your way through things. How, how about just waiting on the will of God? Isn't it nice when God just acts upon you and the will of God just happens? You say, look what God did. Look how wonderful it is. I didn't got to press my way through. I didn't have to fight. I didn't have to tear nobody down. It's just God's will. You know, all the other things, the lust of other things, the Bible says, that the enemy gets his hands on your throat. Do you know the devil's got you right now in a death grip over your throat? He's choking you out. And you don't even know it's him. You just think it's, it's the, you know, life. You, you just perceive it as stuff, as, as, as a thing that happened, not realizing that it is nothing more than a distraction. Because if you get your eyes back on Jesus, if you begin to say, I'm going to trust him at his word. Whatever he says, let that come to pass. And I'm going to stand right here until the promises of God meet me wherever I am, whatever I'm going through. He's keeping you from receiving the best from God. Look at your neighbor and say, what more you want to hear? What you, what you want? Because I ain't serving up no, no, no blue cotton candy this morning. No pink cotton candy. In fact, do, do this with me. I'm gonna, I'll, yeah, let, let me close. I'm going to close because you know why we got to close? Because we, we need altar call. We, we, we need altar call. Look at your neighbor and say, man, you, you need an altar call. No, 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 look at him. I ain't going to move until y'all move. Look at your name and say, you need an altar call really bad. You're, you're so distracted. Just distracted. Hallelujah. 
There's some people in here, like I say, got more questions about God than they do faith. And Jesus says, I'm sowing right there. Why? Because if we get his word, if we get that word moving in that ground and begin moving, we, we start seeing victory. He, he's sowing right there amongst the thorns. Let, 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 me, let me close down with this. I'm just going to close with this word. Here we go. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read verse 11. Don't get mad at me. This is Paul talking. He, he starts here. This is Hebrews 5.11. It says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Stay right on, Paul, because there's some people, man, they're just not hearing it. You're just not hearing it. Brother and sister, can I suggest to you, your life is distracted by the devil. Now you can say, no, 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 I, I worship Jesus. No, if you're distracted, you're worshiping the devil. You're giving homage. You, 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 your, your focus is not the word of God. Your focus is the problem. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Somebody say amen. Listen, your focus cannot be the problem. Your focus has to be Jesus. Amen. Your focus cannot be what you're going through. Your focus has to be Jesus. Amen. Your focus cannot be the problem, the situation, the strife, the contention, the hurt, the, the problems that you're facing. The focus has to be Jesus. It has to be him. And if it's not him, then you are distracted. The devil has your mind. It's that simple. So let, 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 let me let me let, let, let me read this. My, my, my Hebrews five in my Bible is arranged in such a way that it gives a topical indication to the chapter. My chapter topical indication of Hebrews five in my Bible says warnings. So let me read it to you. For for when for the time ye ought to be teachers. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Uh, okay, so let, let, me, let me stop here and just talk. I, I don't want you to downplay milk. How many like milk? Raise your hand if you like milk. I, I'm, I'm old school. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll go to my refrigerator and listen I buy vitamin D whole fat so don't be giving me none of that skim stuff and if you want to buy a real good gallon of milk go to Brahms Brahms has the best milk you can drink right so, so, so I'll pour a big glass of milk and drink it to quench my thirst y'all ain't hearing me you know because milk edifies you it comforts you so, so if you're here and you're new to the faith keep drinking that milk It'll comfort you. It'll edify you. But, but somewhere along the way, you've you got to start taking off a little, a little bit of meat in the house of God. Somewhere along the way, baby, you've you got to eat that meat because it's the meat that's going to strengthen you. So let me, let me read this to you. He says, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. So you hear that? Listen, you can be comforted in here, and there's a lot of churches you go to. They got that nipple out, and everybody gets to come. Thank you, pastor. Go on your way. You feel good? I feel good. You feel edified? I feel edified. And you want another little suck? Get it. 
and they go out and they feel, oh, I feel so good. You got to come to my church. They're going to comfort you and edify you. Look at your neighbor and say, take your mouth off that nipple. Brother and sister, listen, we need to eat the meat sometimes. Listen, as you get better, listen, as you get grown, as you start growing up, you, you, you know, now if you tell me, where do you want to go eat? I want to go eat steaks. Isn't that right, brother, brother Taylor? We like to eat steaks. S Sister Rodelia got that porterhouse yesterday. I got the bone-in ribeye. She left half. I ate it all. Listen to this. Now watch. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age. Even those who by reason of use, watch this, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Did you see that? And have your senses, you know, you know. Their senses are trained. You, you, you see, when somebody tells me there's a problem, I say, no, no, that's not a problem. Uh, th that's an opportunity where God wants to do a miracle. And, and let me tell you the verses that apply to what God's going to do. I love it when people say, oh, I'm sick and I'm in the hospital and the doctor I'm coming. I'm going to ruin your pity party. Because I'm a man of meat. And I believe the word of God is true. I believe God is faithful to what he says. I like it when people come and say, Pastor, I've been having a problem in my heel for the last couple of years. Oh, is that right? You got a problem with your heel. Well, that's interesting. Uh, in Jesus' name. I don't know. Maybe you can ask Sierra what happened on Wednesday night. I love when people are telling me, Pastor, I'm going to, uh, to the hospital to pray for my dad. He's, he, he's on life support. We're all showing up just to pay our last respects. Uh, the doctor says that we, we need to go ahead and pull the plug because it's the life support machine that's keeping my father alive. I said, oh, is that so? Let me give you a word. Amen. Only to get that text. He's alive. He's awake. He's responding. He's talking. The doctor said it's a miracle. Well, of course. You see, I'm not going to concentrate on the distraction. I'm going to concentrate on God. Brother and sister, until you get your mind off the distraction, you can't focus in on what Jesus has for you. And when you get your senses trained, when you start seeing, hey, that's not, that's, that's not God. That's a distraction. You know, I think there's a lot of people in here, your whole week has been putting out fires that you didn't have to put out. If you trusted God, he'd have put it out for you. You know, like the rain that comes down out of heaven and the snow that watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud. Come on, so shall my word be. Listen, it takes somebody mature in the Lord, or at least halfway mature, to hear something and know that the Spirit of the Lord is talking to you. To say, you know what, Pastor, I've been distracted. It, 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 you know, hey, I, I don't know what your life is, but I know you're distracted. All of us can be distracted, pastor included. And you know, I've paid a price for my distractions. And I've delayed and frustrated the will of God because I was somewhere I shouldn't have been. Thinking on things I shouldn't be thinking about. 
And it wasn't until the Spirit said, you got to put your mind, you got to focus, you got to look at him, the author and perfecter of your faith. Uh, anybody, anybody, anybody mature enough to say, Pastor, I've been distracted. If you've been distracted, why don't you meet me at the altar? I'm going to step in here because I've been distracted. I'm not going to tell you to come and, and, and I hang back. And act like I got all my uh, uh, spiritual mind on the right things. We've all been distracted. And we've got to get our minds back on the Lord. He deserves it, a concentration. L listen, here's the, here's the prayer request. Here's the, here's the response. Here's the response. God bless everybody. God bless everybody. God bless everybody for coming. God bless everybody. God bless everybody. Look, here's the, it's this simple. It's this simple. This is how simple it is. Jesus, I want you to be the center of my attention. Can, can, can you say that from your heart? Because if you say it, and you mean it, and you say, I'm going to take a step towards it, and I'm going to show you how we're going to take a step. So just be mindful. I'm going to, I'm going to show you how you're going to take a step in making Jesus center. Now, now just say, Jesus, I want you to be center, and I want to take a step towards making sure you're the cornerstone, that, that, that you're the primary, that, that you're my focus. If you take that step, listen, and I'm just saying, you're just going to take that step, and it's a step of faith, it's a step of faith that I've got good news for you. The Spirit of God is going to come and He's going to empower you to keep Him first, to keep Him centered. that wonderful? And so next time trouble shows up, somebody's going to call you and say, hey, I've got bad news. Say, no, you ain't got no bad news for me. For all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to Him. Tell me whatever that bad news is because I've got good news for your bad news. Jesus is my center. Ain't nothing going to happen to me that he, he didn't allow, permit, that he didn't bring my way. And maybe what's coming my way is the enemy just trying to get my eyes off of Jesus. And I'm not going to do it. Y'all hearing that? So why don't you right now just affirm that Jesus, I want you center. Just pray it however you would pray it. Just, just, just make it a, a prayer. Just, and I would say if you're like me, we can all repent. Uh, Father, we repent for dethroning the king. We, we repent, Father, for putting him to the side. Uh, we, we repent because uh, the, the, the king of kings and the Lord of lords was set aside over some momentary affliction, over some problem, over some issue. And, 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 and I acted like a bull in a china closet. <laughs> I was taking the bull by the horns and I broke every dish in the house. I was pushing my own agenda, striving for my own desires and needs and I, I, I shoved Jesus out of the way. Forgive me. Jesus, forgive me for putting you aside, for overlooking you, for putting you in the shadow of my problem. Oh, Jesus. You're too great. You're too grand. You're marvelous. 